Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. And I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, getting ready to brew a little coffee here and uh, maybe eat a donut or two, Tom. Can't wait. Yeah, you like the sprinkles on the donuts, don't I do. You? Chocolate very sprinkles. I All like right, that. very good. Well, we're going to get a, a, a waiter over here. Uh, All right. Gonna, yeah, we've got uh, the waiters working for us today, and yes. they're going to bring us over something. But we also need to bring something for our, uh, our brother guest here. Brother Simon. Yeah, Brother Simon, one of the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Uh, it's visiting us from New York, and Brother Simon, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. It's great to be here, and I always oh. like drinking coffee, partly because our life as uh, Franciscan friars, it's early morning, yeah. uh, the bell rings, 5.30 in the morning, and so uh, a nice cup of coffee always keeps me awake. Well, we're going to serve you coffee because we want you to stay awake during this show. So, Thank uh, you. Yes, although it won't be too difficult because we've got a good topic today. Uh, we're going to talk about the roadmap of the spiritual life. Um, and you might think, well, what does that exactly mean? And we, we kind of want to hone in on all those, the different terms there, roadmap and spiritual life. What are we talking about with this roadmap of the spiritual life? Maybe some of the people who are listening to this are actually driving. They're on the road. Right. And so whenever you're driving somewhere, you know your destination. You know where you have to go. You might be rushing there right now because you're late. Also, you might really need to pray in the car. Yeah. So, you know, pray for safety. You know, safety and safety and travels is always important. So oftentimes the brothers, for example, whenever we get in the car, we say a prayer asking our, our guardian angels to watch over us and protect us as we're going to our destination, that we get there safely at those around us. So it's very practical. Right. Uh, prayer and safety. And you think of St. Raphael, the patron saint of travelers. He helped the young Tobias to get to where he needed to go safely. And so we can we can ask the intercession of the saints, our guardian angels, to help us in a very practical, real way to get to our destination. Right. So if we're traveling and we're physically going somewhere, we need to have that road map, and then we have, need to have that assistance along the way. Well, now translate that into what it means for that road map of the spiritual life. What is that all about? When you look at the Gospels, the Lord is walking through the Scriptures. And in our lives, we can trust as well that the Lord is walking through the paths of our own life. That there's that He not just breaks in, but he ha- He's part of our life. That He is the Good Shepherd. So there's a reality of, of our Lord's presence within our life. Mm. And so within that reality, it's, it's not... It's not just our own life. Uh, our spiritual life is a part of our real life, part of our physical life, part right. of our family, that Christ is there. You know, maybe sometimes you see that that sign or that poster within someone's house that Christ is the unseen guest at every dinner that we right. have. So the reality of the spiritual life is the reality that Christ is a part of our life. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we see the road map there then is uh, just like we need to know our destination. If, if we're physically driving to California, our destination is California, right? And we're driving on major highways. We might have to get off to fill up on gasoline or That's get right. something to eat along the way. You know, it, so things might not be a, 
a detour, but a necessary stop. Right. And then in the spiritual life, we need to have that same idea of a goal or a destination. Exactly. And what is that goal and destination? Ultimately, heaven. That's right. Heaven is the destination. Our Lord wants us to be happy. He created us for himself. We'll only be fulfilled by doing his will. We see that in the life of the Gospels, that our Lord was sent from the Father to do the Father's will. And for him, it was a laying down of his life. And we can see that he laid down his life for us. And you could say that he becomes, in a real way, that door to eternal life. He becomes that bridge that leads over the chasm of sin. Right. So, Well, so if we have this goal, and our goal is eternal life, with God, we want to we want to be praising and worshiping God forever in all eternity, and that's a good and noble goal, right? That's a wonderful thing. It's what God wants of us. Yes. So yes. that's our goal, and and you mentioned that like when we're taking a car trip, we still have to have those rest stops. We need the gasoline. We need the food stops. We may need some directions and and whatnot along the way. What are the kind of things that we use in our spiritual life journey? Right, this roadmap on a, of our spiritual life. What are the things that that we use and need along the way on that journey? In a real way, we could just say the sacraments. The sacraments provide that rest. That the sacraments provide the necessary nourishment along the way. Baptism, that initiation of the journey, where. Forgiveness of sins are given by Christ through the waters of baptism. We're united with God. Sins are forgiven in the life of a child or in the life of an adult who's had a conversion and wants to to begin the journey. But you're on the journey of life. You fall into habits or patterns of sin, and you truly confess your sins. You have a contrite heart, but you go to the sacrament of confession because through the person of the priest, He's acting in the person of Christ. He's dispensing God's divine mercy in the sacrament and receiving receiving that grace. You could really say in an authentic way, you had a you had an accident, like you're driving. This ana- analogy, you're driving along. There's an you have a car accident. Um, you're on the side of the road. You can't just get back on the road. There's your car might be totaled. There has to be a your car has to be fixed. Right. You have to take the car in. You still have your, your goal and your des- destination, but your car physically has to be fixed. And what if we truly understand that sin can be a damaging factor in our life and that that the grace of confession can heal us, heal our souls, and put us back on the road of life and that we can, we're able to continue on the journey and all of those things you mentioned the sacraments and that's such a beautiful um uh idea and it's all part of god's plan obviously anyway because the the beautiful thing about our catholic teaching about our sacraments is the grace that comes to us right through those sacraments and i've heard it said many times that grace is like this sort of supernatural fuel right that it's it's what what propels us it's what drives us and actually what uh, uh directs us to god and we use this grace to overcome uh, as many of those obstacles as we might meet, uh, but also just to keep some gas in the car, right? Just to keep some supernatural fuel in our journey mm-hmm. on our little roadmap. And it's very important that we that we maintain that relationship. I love 
the the bumper sticker that says God is my co-pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is in the car with you, as you said before, as he's walking through us, through the scriptures, but walking through our lives. That Jesus is there with us also um, as a as a fellow journeyman, right? To be along with us on that walk to be with God for all eternity. Amen, amen. And in in the history of the church. Um, there's like a, there's a definite learning a, a process of knowing uh, how that grace is communicated to us, because different people have tried to attempt to to understand that grace and they've they've taught it wrong or taught it poorly and not understood that God's grace really does is communicated to us and we receive God's grace, um, no matter whether the priest is perfect. Or not perfect, God's grace comes to us. So to trust that Christ is working through the sacraments, there's different titles or names that be given to all of that, different heresies and distortions, but to trust overall that that Christ's grace is coming to us in the sacraments. So that is going to assist us along the way, right? That's all part of our roadmap. If we look at our lives and our journey to God, to be with God for all eternity. We look at that, we see this sort of little dotted line going along this big map. And the dotted line is there. It's like, imagine if you're driving in the dark. You have the headlights on. You only see what's right in front of you. You can only respond to what's right in front of you. And so you have to drive with trust. Drive with trust. And the sacraments help along the way, but also the other ways of of prayer, reading the scriptures. Um, praying the rosary, praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, praying genuine prayers from your heart. You know, the Lord plays, the Holy Spirit prays within us. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to pray. And so it has to be a genuine way of prayer. Uh, One priest told me once, just empty your pockets, put everything in your pockets out on the table. Everything in your pockets had a story how it got there. Take all those experiences of life and ask the Lord to bless those those things because relating with, with school or work or with, with your life. So it, it, to trust that the Lord is the good shepherd, he, he knows what's best for you. And so all those things help you. Uh, and he's going to be with us through the entire journey if we allow him to be. And even in all of those, you say, take all those things out of your pockets, but really it's in all aspects of our life that God is is uh, is is part and parcel to everything that we do and should be invited into all aspects of our life. Amen. It's it's that it's that he's knocking on the door of our hearts in Revelations three fifteen, that behold I stand at the door and knock. And so we're but he's waiting there for us to invite him in. So as we invite him in, he leads the way. And that's going to affect our roadmap, right? We're going to be able to look at that little dotted line and see where it'll, it, it'll, uh, it'll shift and change. And we want to talk more about that, maybe specifically about your roadmap a little bit uh, and when we come back, um, Brother Simon. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home that we have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I would love to uh, hear from you. Send me an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so get out your roadmaps because we're going to have to start fine-tuning our own roadmaps here in just one second, right after this. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. 
St. Joan of Arc was born in the early 1400s to a simple family of peasant farmers in a tiny village in the northeast of France. For a time, St. Joan's life as a child was like any others. She was one of five children, and she learned the skill of keeping a home from her mother. In testimony offered 25 years after her death, priests, friends, and former playmates spoke of a pious little girl who would spend hours in prayer, faithfully attended church, and frequented the sacraments. But soon, her life would change in a very dramatic way. Starting around age 12, St. Joan started to hear voices. She identified these voices as those of St. Michael the Archangel, St. Catherine of Alexandria, and St. Margaret of Antioch. Her unearthly friends soon revealed their purpose in visiting her. St. Joan of Arc, this simple, ignorant peasant girl, was to dress as a man and go to the King of France to offer her assistance in the retaking of his kingdom and to stave off England's attempts to take the throne of France. Obviously, St. Joan received much in the way of resistance from the local church, from friends and family, and from the military. But in a show of great courage and steadfastness, in the face of opposition, she finally won out. At the tender age of 17, St. Joan of Arc was granted a small army to command. What followed next was nothing short of miraculous. Starting at the Siege of Orléans, she rallied her army to a series of stunning military successes, at the culmination of which the King of France was rightly returned to his throne, with St. Joan standing at his side. Unfortunately, however, even with this success, there were still those who hated her for helping the French king. She was captured by rival forces. After months of imprisonment, she was put on trial by a corrupt bishop who hoped that the English would help him become an archbishop. Though she was a faithful Catholic, she was uneducated and knew little in the ways of theology. She was easily tricked into making condemning statements about her beliefs. When she refused to retract her statement that the voices of the saints and angels directed her to take up arms in defense of France, she was condemned to die as a heretic and sorceress. St. Joan of Arc was burned at the stake at only 19 years old. In a retrial, 30 years after her death, she was completely exonerated of all her alleged offenses. She was declared a martyr for the faith. St. Joan of Arc was canonized by Pope Benedict XV and is the patroness of soldiers and of France. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I am talking to Brother Simon, one of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And uh, uh, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about here, Brother, is obviously this roadmap of the spiritual life. And just this idea that we all have a roadmap, whether we know it or not, we all have the little dotted lines that we, if you get that sort of 30,000-foot view of your own life, you get to see where you've been and, and maybe even where you're going. And, and that is an important thing, especially when we're talking about our spiritual life. We're talking about where we're going. Well, you yourself have a, a roadmap, right, of your spiritual life. Can you tell us a little bit about what that roadmap is? And have you have you had a chance to sort of discern? And I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what about your particular roadmap? What's that all about? Sure. You, even as you brought it up, I was just thinking of a, a topographical map and of camping. 
and that that you can see the the map. Uh, my name's Brother Simon, and um, I've been a Franciscan friar for twelve years. Uh, I grew up in a Catholic family. I have four, three older brothers and one younger sister. Uh, my dad worked for an international company, and we moved around quite a bit, living in Texas, Hong Kong, Korea, Brazil, Michigan, all before high school. And um, in all those journeys, um, being a Boy Scout, becoming an Eagle Scout, uh, loving camping itself, my mom was a great encouragement seeing my gifts and talents and saying, look, at those that's what you love to do. Why don't you do that for a career? And so I was planning on going to college in North Carolina and studying outdoor recreation. But it was that summer before college started when, uh, with the other counselors, having all those great adventures, but also uh, the other counselors were praying the rosary in the evening. Like the close of the day, they would get together either around the campfire or just hanging out together, they'd pray the rosary. In the midst of praying the rosary, fingering the beads, learning the mysteries of the, the rosary, praying the rosary, there was this other heartbeat within me, this unsettling, disturbing, in a sense that I wouldn't be fulfilled and happy for the, my whole life just by camping. But this desire to be a priest, which had been planted there in high school, I, but I put it on the back burner because I had the, all these other things I wanted to do. And so I, I realized through praying the rosary and really through authentic prayer and listening in prayer that I would be fulfilled and happy by doing God's will and wanting to be a priest. So for me, I, I felt like I was on the right road, but then it took a turn. So I don't feel like I was ever off the road of God's will, but it took a, a turn and a change. And in all of college, I was on the, on the road towards the priesthood by going to Franciscan University of Steubenville. And then after Steubenville, I worked for two years with a group called Net Ministries in St. Paul, Minnesota, which was excellent youth ministry. And that just prepared me, the Lord prepared me on that roadmap to enter the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal in the Jubilee year 2000. And so you took an opportunity, right, to look at your roadmap, to see, make an account, to sort of see where you are, where you're going, uh, and, and and sort of try to discern, you know, how you're supposed to get to this, this ultimate goal and to be with God forever. And so that's a good thing. We should do that uh, time and again. It's a good thing to to look at our own, wh- where have we been, where are we going, just to make sure that we're on that right road, correct? Exactly. And the church has always held out that goal of heaven for us. Um but also that goal of holiness. So whether called to be a brother, priest, individuals listening are called to be married or a vocation or whatever, all of us are called to holiness. And so it's not just generic. It's not just for certain people. We're all called to be holy. And whatever, right. whatever is not holy, you know, whatever leads us away from God, when we say sin leads us away from God, that takes us off the road to the life of holiness, the life of God, really ultimately the life of of love, of freedom that the Lord would have it for us. Now there are people that are sort of as for lack of a better term, they're just they're wandering. Right? They're wandering through life. There are many 
churchgoers who are wandering that are just kind of sitting in the pews and they're not necessarily really evaluating where they are on their roadmap and, and is their roadmap showing them going to the destination that they that they say they desire mm-hmm. right and maybe they're not experiencing the holiness that that they need to experience that's a difficulty in this world isn't it to be that sort of wandering maybe not even thinking about where you're going and in a in a way you could say what's 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 your what's your worldview what's your we would say what's your biblical worldview because it has to be we have to see our life lived in the light of Christ that the scriptures can inspire us but the scriptures come to us because it's part of the tradition of the church but there's an oral tradition of the church as well that the saints don't speak to us let's say I don't want to say like mystical revelations you know but the saints by their lives in the light of Christ in the history of the church are real people who lived real lives some of them were real sinners who became holy men and women became saints right we uh, saint augustine is one of those classic examples wasn't he saint augustine's life is a very important example especially maybe for men in our culture um he wanted uh he grew up in northern africa he lived in the 300s he uh, wanted to be he went to school he was well educated he studied latin he wanted to become a, a teacher and orator. He wanted to teach others the gift of speaking and oration. Right. Uh, you could call him the great orator. He went to Rome. Then he went on to Milan. But he had a problem, didn't he? He did. He did. Uh, when he was 17 years old, he had a mistress, a, a concubine. And um, uh, he never married her, but they had a son. And um, they. he lived in this... And he says in his own confessions, he lived in this sexual sin. And um, it's something that always held him bound, he said. Because in his life, he, he read not just holy writings, but he, he read Cicero, who wrote about truth. And truth attracted Augustine. And he was attracted to truth, but this sexual sin really held him bound. He wasn't able to assent to truth because he was always held back by temptations. Right. He, he saw that, that even his fallen humanity, which was prone to sin, was evil. There was a heresy that he believed in at the time that he wasn't able to see that even that what God created was good. And so he saw that even within his own, his own flesh... And, and own so many people today, I think, have that problem of, of being slaves to whatever, but many to, to the sexual sins, but, but also to, to money, uh, possessions, uh, power, uh, authority, whatever. And there are many things that will keep us from listening along the way. If, if, we're, looking, if we're going on this journey, right? It's, it's like, again, driving to California, but refer, refusing to look at the road signs. You could get off way off the road and i mean a funny story happened to me once we're driving i was driving from california back to michigan and we thought we were on the right way and we missed a highway because after three days of driving you know and then we just we went off (laughs) bad things happen to good people on the road i understand that but let's look at saint augustine now what turned it around for him i mean what were the things that he finally was able to uh, you know, to, 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 to basically deal with this problem of his sexual sins. 
ultimately scripture. There was a light of grace and truth that came to him. He had been considering the lives of holy people, St. Anthony of the Desert, and he had been encouraged by friends. He had been listening to St. Ambrose preach in Milan, but all this still held him bound. But ultimately, when he picked up the scriptures one day and he read, just flipped it open, read Romans 13, 13, there was a real freedom when he read the scripture verse that not in riots and drunken parties, not in eroticism and indecencies, not in strife and rivalry, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh and its lusts. For him, he put down the Bible and he realized there was a freedom in that, that there was a great freedom that the scriptures were offering to him. And he said, this is, this is what I want. This is what I desire in my life. That's beautiful. And so, again, what he did was he availed himself of the opportunity to look at his roadmap, look at where he's going. He took the time, just like you did when you were discerning, uh, what what road am I going to take to get to where I want to go? And if you looked at... Um, uh, you know, St. Augustine's roadmap, you might see a hard left, you know, when he suddenly realized he was way off track. You might not have been, been as far off track, but you had a little turn in yours uh, at that point. You would be able to look at that, the little dotted lines. You would, whoop, you maybe turned a little bit to the right. Uh, but all those are opportunities that we all have through our lives, right, to refine our journey, to understand that we all have this roadmap of our own spiritual lives that we need to pay attention to. Because Christ is with us. He's with us on the journey, and he's leading us, and he's guiding us. And that's ultimately the great trust that we can have, that Christ is the good shepherd, and he's leading us, and he's guiding us on the journey. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's wonderfully spoken. And so I would wonder now that people maybe listening here would would just take a little stock in what we've said here and sort of come up with their own roadmap, right? You don't have to physically do it, but pray about it. Where? Where am I going? What am I doing? What are the, are the things that I'm doing right now, even the small things, the smallest change in direction? If you ask a guy who uh, navigates on the seas, if you're only one degree off, you could be literally hundreds or thousands of miles away from your destination if that one degree happens way back here, this little small thing in life. So we need to pay attention to where we are, right, on our, on our road map to our, of our spiritual life. Amen. Amen. Very good. Well, Brother Simon, thank you so much for, for being with us and, and helping share um, a little bit about your roadmap, but also just everyone's roadmap to go and to be and live with God for all eternity. Uh, can you share, a, a, offer a prayer uh, sure. for us? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We pray in thanksgiving, Lord, that you are the good shepherd, that you're leading us and guiding us on the way, that you promise that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We pray, Lord, that all those um, who listen to this radio broadcast, that they may trust in you, that you are the Good Shepherd. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>